Welcome back to Tech Table. My name is Kevin Harwood, and I am joined, as always, by Ryan Considine. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Kevin. You know, you say, as always, but I'm afraid that sometimes I'm not going to be here for you. Well, then people will know right off the bat to be let down because I'll have to introduce someone in a different way, and they'll know that you're not here. It's true. It'll be a, it'll be a sad day. It's been a few weeks since we've been uh, here on the podcast. It's now 2016. It's actually been a year. Has it been a year since we've been back? We haven't recorded a podcast for three years. In this new year, 2016, we have not been back. That's partly my fault. I uh, was traveling last week and was at the... You were traveling? Where were you, Kevin? I was, I was in Las Vegas, Nevada for the... Oh, for gambling. You were gambling? Gambling did take place. Okay. Did you win any, any money? Uh, How'd you net, do? Net positive. I'll take it. It I'll took three it. nights to get there, but I ended. I ended net positive. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> well, that's that was that was why I quit at that moment to just walk away and be positive. So that was exciting. I was also out there for the 2016 Consumer Electronics Show, where everyone. Well, I say everyone, not everyone, but most major tech companies have a presence there and are talking about all the products they've been working on and, and what their roadmaps are for 2016. Lots of lots of news comes out. Would you say major like up to a up to a point? Like once you once you become major enough, you kind of graduate out of CES, well, right? Well, there's three big well, I guess I would say there's four big missing companies. Can I guess? Are, let's 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 see if you can uh, guess. Them. Amazon, Amazon, Microsoft, Microsoft, Google, Apple. Google, Apple. You're correct. None, okay. of, none of these four companies have a public presence at CES. Uh, they do have more of a private pre- pre- uh, presence. Facebook? Obviously, uh, well, no Facebook, huh? Well, Oculus was there. Ah, so, so they're there. I don't know if that counts that or counts. not. That it does. does count, doesn't it? Um, but uh, you know, the rest of these companies have a, have a more of a private presence. They don't have a big booth or you know anything for to come to see. But just about everything else there is at least influenced in some way, shape, or form uh, by those companies. And, uh, you know, those companies all are building ecosystem platforms that all of these other companies are trying to work with. So it's a heavy influence from those four that are missing. So I have never been to CES. This is a thing that I have never done. You can consider that a blessing. I'm, I'm <laughs> leaning towards that, and I, and I see that. But uh, for me and for our listeners who may have also not been, uh, why don't you paint the picture a little bit uh, with words, please? How how does it what does it look like what is the showroom floor how does it feel is it, you know is this convention centers is this a series of rooms is this one large room right. what are we looking at uh, the CES show is the largest trade show in the world um, this year I believe there were north of 150,000 attendees which is a lot of human people uh, in one city for an event um, it's actually spread across the city of Las Vegas um, it takes up the entire Las Vegas convention center which if you have never been there, um, is, is a larger convention center than what your mind can actually like fathom. It's essentially four massive different halls of, uh, of setup. And how big is like WWDC or Google IO for comparison? Like 5,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a, a several orders of magnitude. Yes. Significant, uh, significantly different. Do you wait in a lot of lines? Like, uh, is it just insane? Uh, I was going to get the only line that was there was for the Oculus Rift and we'll touch on that in just a minute. Um, but the, but the rest of the time, it's just more of just a, a, a mosh pit of people is the, the better description. You're just constantly running in people, turning your shoulders, brushing up against people, just trying to work your way through all the different exhibits and, uh, uh show floors. Um, they also take up the entire Venetian on both the sec- first and second floor of their convention center, which is also massive they have a huge space at aria i mean it is just an unbelievable amount of real estate in terms of show floor um, i was there tuesday at night through friday morning and uh, i walked 42 miles 
uh, of show floor. And and <laughs> what percentage of, of things do you think you saw? Did you did you cover most of it? Did I you? at least breathed oxygen around the entire show floor. Now I think that counts. Yeah, yeah there certain parts I was walking very swiftly through and uh, didn't you know really stop, just you know looking to see what's in different corners, but not spending a ton of time in different areas. But I at least visually was in a spot pretty much on any location on the show floor to see what was out there. Um, this has also been my fifth year in a row making it out there. So uh, it's actually almost doubled in size since I started going. So it's just unbelievable growth. So many people, so many products, so many things. And I think that's what we wanted to talk about today, right? Yeah, let's talk about that. So, um, so well, before we start, I want to actually get, what's what was your viewpoint of CES from afar? You know, Engadget, in, in TechCrunch, CNET, you know, all these sites obviously posting a bunch of news, all kinds of articles flowing every day. What was your kind of impression from from not being there? Uh, what was your what was your temperature? Sure. Well, so like I got to, um, you know, like I got to drive my own car, <laughs> sleep in my own bed. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I could like cook my own food right. in my yeah. house. Like it was everything was really affordable. Yeah, that was really that great. Sounds nice. I really right. like that part. Right. Um, I don't know. You see a lot of articles like uh, this year is the year of X, right? This year is the year of whatever. So. Right. And I feel like we see that every year from CES. And so it seems like there's a lot of hoverboards, there's a lot of drones, there's a lot of VR stuff. I, I really like that uh, it's it's kind of like the the flying car, right? It's the, the one-manned autonomous the one-man drone. drone vehicle. I do have a picture of that. I, saw, I was up close and personal with that. It's pretty amazing. I think that might be one of my favorite things because they keep, you know, the whole, the whole joke about like they promised us flying cars, right? right. Everyone's been waiting for flying cars and like, right. well, oh, uh-oh. There it is. Right. <laughs> like it's that's yeah, a flying car. Right. Um, and it seems it's funny that like, kind of drone technology has just grown to encompass that idea. Right. Well, let's start with what you were saying there. The year of X. Yeah. What else? Is, what what the were the tentpole? Right. Of X. And, you know, I've been, you know, each year in the past few years of CES, there's certainly been a couple of standout technologies that, you know, have really got my mind spinning on and excited about where things were going to go. This year, not so much. I really feel like this was more of a year of iteration rather than innovation. Uh, I didn't see a lot of just like breakthrough products that, you know, really just kind of blew my mind in terms of, oh, I didn't even think this was close to being possible. Um, you know, just more of... But is that is that for better or for worse? It, it's, because I, I, it's for better and for worse. Um, you know, it shows that people are still trying to improve things. It just wasn't, I think, a, a breakthrough year for, you know, real new, interesting, innovative products that are, you know, are really in new spaces. Um, so I guess just to start, let's talk about Connected Home. Sure. Um, that's a, obviously a buzz phrase, a buzz platform, lots of things going on in that space. Um, and uh, this year there was a massive Connected Home space um, at CES where, just about every company that you can imagine that's currently in that space had a presence there, had products, had announcements, showing things off. Um, on the Apple side of things, everybody's got something related to HomeKit. Um, we're finally starting to see HomeKit products get into the market. Um, the thing that was interesting to me was it really, uh, all of these different manufacturers, like let's take, for example, a plug, HomeKit smart plug, right? Yep. There's only so many ways you can make a HomeKit smart plug, and there's really only so many things a smart plug to, can do. Yep. It's really kind of commoditized if you think about it. I mean, it's a little thing that plugs in, that you plug a switch into, that connects to HomeKit, right? And it's probably white, and it's probably hopefully about, it's probably yeah. about the size of your plug, and or maybe uh, it is the plug, right, right? Or maybe it is the plug, the outlet, yeah. And that's it, right? 
And now thinking about these products from, from a HomeKit perspective, if I use HomeKit to control these, the manufacturer is almost just cut out. Like I'm not even I'm not even aware of the brand that I'm using. There's not you even might, you might not use, even really a good way to differentiate on. You that might front. use the app to set it up, right? Exactly. And, and, that's and then what it. are you going to differentiate on? I mean, it's a plug that ten apps can control. And yeah. So so hopefully cost would be would be one. Right? That's what I'm hoping. We'd like to see these things get cheaper. All these items are still kind of expensive. None of them really stood out above any others, in my opinion. Um, so you know, you've got six or seven options that all kind of do the same thing. That all kind of look the same. That uh, just pick one out of a hat and and go with it. Um, sure, reliability, I right, guess. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't know if that's good or bad for consumers, but eh, we'll see. Um, the other things, like you know, we saw lots of thermostats. We saw lots of switches. You know, the things you can think about. Probably the coolest HomeKit product I saw. I don't really know if this is practical, but there was a HomeKit Fire Safe. Okay. I don't know if you have a Fire Safe in your I in don't, your residence. I don't, but I should <laughs> to keep track of your secure documents. Uh-huh. But they have a Fire a HomeKit Safe that you can control the lock mechanism with Siri and with HomeKit, so you can say, "Hey Siri, open the safe," and then the, <laughs> and safe, the safe will open. Opens. And you're like, "That's awesome!" And I guess that's cool. We'll see. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of interesting take on security though because you can use Siri without unlocking your phone, right? <laughs> so if you have an iPad lying around and someone comes into your house, they can uh, just I hadn't thought about that angle, that but there is really no well. I mean, it's it's obscure enough now. That's actually fairly secure now. I don't think any thief would think right. to grab the nearest. I mean, they might right. have the nearest right. iPad, but they're not sure. Right. I don't know if they've thought that one all the way through. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't think I like that anymore. But uh, it was at least interesting to me for people to think about different ways to apply HomeKit. Um, yeah. obviously Eve and, Alga- uh, from Elgato, they have some interesting home kit sensors and, you know, doing things that other people aren't doing. Um, but on the Apple side of things, obviously, uh, lots of companies, home kits, they see that as the answer. They're pushing that forward. I'm hopeful that market matures this year. Home kit is going to get better and better. We'll see. It's still not great, but it, it will get there. I, I have hope. I have the, faith. On the Android side of the equation, just massive fragmentation on decisions and choices in terms of what... What protocol and what uh, medium you know they're going to support? Thread, Brillo. Uh, there's another one that. What is Thread? Thread Group is a, an alliance for <laughs> connected devices to control them through a, a custom protocol. Oh, and then Nest has right. works with Nest. Nest yeah. is part of Thread as well. Okay. Um, and so you know, wasn't a lot of uh, commitment from manufacturers out there. weren't a lot of products that were announced that work with this, work with that. Still kind of sitting on the sidelines, hoping that somebody wins and somebody makes a decision on how to push that forward. Uh, we'll see if this is the year for that, but certainly was a, a pretty glaring um, issue between the two platforms when you're out there with those different manufacturers. Yeah, before we wrap up uh, Connected Home, this is slightly just an aside, but I saw a cool quote um, comparing uh, the acceptance of like electricity in the home with the Connected Home, right? There's a, you know, it starts out and people are like, well, I can make coffee without electricity. Like it's, why do I need electricity to make coffee, right? I've been making coffee and it and at first like the electricity isn't as good it doesn't work as well like this electric coffee pot right it's not as good as using your gas stove to use fire to heat up water right mm-hmm. the, the fire actually works better but eventually everything ends up with electricity in it and it gets so commoditized and so solved and so you know all the all the little details that at first were causing the electric version to be worse they get figured out and eventually it gets better right and it's so much easier to plug your coffee pot in you know or your coffee machine or whatever to make coffee with a button right instead of starting a fire on your stove right and so now we look back and we're like okay i see now that the electric versions are great 
but it took it takes a while, right? Exactly. And so I think we're we're hitting that with the connected home, right? Why do I need all this stuff to be connected? Well, you don't really, but eventually it's all going to be connected anyway, and the the minor benefits are going to be better, right? Right? It's hard to prove it right now because the the one that works with a button that you touch, like I can always turn a light on that I turn on with a switch. The connected one, it doesn't always work, right? But once we figure that out, then it might as well be connected, and so we're, you know, we're heading there no matter what. And it's currently a long, expensive road. Exactly. And it's frustrating. It's right. frustrating in the in the meantime. But in 10 years, I have no doubt that things will be connected and they will work right. Right. We'll get there. Pati- right. Patience is a, is a virtue. Next, connected fitness. Is that, was that your next tent pole? Yeah, there was a very large... The year of fitness. The, le- the year of fitness, which I guess is every year, but... It's um, a big thing. Uh, yeah. This year, um, you know, lots more people jumping into the space. Um, you know, we saw lots of more fitness trackers, more heart rate monitors, more connected scales, more um, connected food, like tracking products. Um, you know, our good friends at Under Armour uh, released the Health Box, uh, yep. which actually won an innovation award at CES. Um, they're packaging up a smart scale, a smart activity tracker, and a smart heart band all in one easy-to-use box. I think um, we could do a whole episode on... Under Armour products. So. And I think we probably will. We probably will. Point. So you can look forward to that in the future. So but. Uh, just know that one won lots of other cool things. I'm not huge into the fitness community, though, so it's really tough for me to kind of gauge what's hot, what's not on that front. Um, so maybe we'll let our friend Conrad come by sometime. He was also out there and give us a more in-depth review. That's his thing. Let's <laughs> That's do his that. his thing. Um, I don't know if you saw anything from afar that you had any questions or insight about, but... Uh, Walked through, saw some cool stuff. Don't have a lot of insight into it though. So yeah, I mean, it's it's cool stuff. And I mean, do you think I get the real question I have around all this fitness stuff is like, is it really helping people to to do more and to and to uh, to be healthier, to work out more, to work out harder? Is it is it kind of achieving the goal that it was originally meant out to do, or is it just um, people who are already running can now track their runs? Right. Exactly. Are we are we improving global health? in general or are we just making I it i think we're making a dent in it i making think it's a certainly dent. making an overall improvement um which is the right track to be on yeah and i think it's gonna that's all to that's all i that. want yeah exactly. we'll, as long as we keep yeah keep it up i do want to touch on one thing here related to the kitchen which is, i guess is kind of a combination of fitness and smart home here um health and fitness and, and uh, smart home whirlpool had a pretty cool demo okay i'm going to try to describe it to you with my mouth words, and I'm going to see if I can achieve the coolness that I saw from it, okay? So they've got this demo set up where they have a kitchen counter. They have a next-generation stove cooktop. That's essentially, you can think of it as like a big slab that can be heated anywhere on the slab. So the entire slab is a heating element. I already love this. So you you can uh, spot check, like in parts, in some parts or not, right? right you I can, can make a big wide one. Make I can a make big a wide long one, make a yeah. big small one, whatever you want to make. A big so, small one, yeah. <laughs> a big small one. If you needed it, that's great, right? Yeah, that's hard to do. Not uh, everyone right. can do a big small. Right. Now, um, imagine a, a set of cabinets above the counter here. So you've got you've got your countertop with a next generation stove top, cabinets above it. And like, let me just be... I'm still fascinated by the stovetop. Oh, it's like just pixels, wait. pixels just of elements, right? You can think about it like pixels innocence. of elements, right? You yeah. Can, you can you can heat individual parts of of the slab. Okay, great. Um, they have uh, a projector underneath the cabinets that are shooting images down onto the wall behind your your counter that you're on. So you've got your counter, you've got essentially a projection screen that is the wall, and your cabinetry right above it. Um, on the projection, what they're doing is they're displaying your calendar. They're walking you through a demo of it's morning time, and they know you normally leave at 7.20, so they have a map of real-time traffic of your commute showing there. 
so that you can be informed of what that's looking like while you're sitting there making your coffee or whatever. They have an example of you've got a baby who is asleep, and they actually have that video feed tied into that projection as well, so you can see your baby sleeping through the baby monitor. I like it. Right there on your kitchen monitor. Uh, uh, you have backdrop. a baby that exactly. actually sleeps. Which would be great, right? Yeah. Now, um, they also have a projector shooting down. This is what I was waiting for. Onto yeah. the cooking surface, okay? So is this a, is a cooking surface white then? The cooking surface is white. Cool. So they start walking to the demo, and they're like, well, it's morning time. I'm going to grab my coffee, and I'm drinking my coffee. And they set the coffee down on the on the stovetop, and a little ring lights up around it, around the coffee mug, on top of the slab, and it says, you know, warming your coffee, keeping it at 98 degrees or whatever. And it actually turns on the heating element and keeps your coffee at the temperature you want it while you have it sitting there. Yeah, and very it, cool. it knows that it's a coffee. Then it detects that your baby starts to stir and starts to wake up in the video feed and says, you know, time for a bottle. So you go get a bottle and you just bring it back and you just set it on the on the stovetop and it starts and a big ring pops up around the bottle and it starts warming the bottle to the temperature that it needs to be at for the baby. Now, because the cooking surface is tied into the camera, it's also logging and tracking how many times you feed your baby, how often you feed your baby. And how often your baby gets good sleep. And so it actually starts making recommendations on if you wait, you know, if you're going every three hours, that, that tends to give them their best rest cycle and starts giving you information back on how, you know, to best feed your baby. Gives you recommendations for how to, like, put a pasta together. Uh, you know, it's actually looking down on your stovetop. Help put your kid's lunchbox together. Just amazing demo um, that I want in my kitchen now. And then probably the coolest thing was they had a sink to the left that was a sink slash dishwasher. Okay. So the bottom of the sink was a like grate where you can you know put your dishes in you know right side up. And there's just a lid that slides over the top of the of the sink and you turn your dishwasher on. I think that's pretty cool because, I mean, it, it's I don't o- know. it's obviously not as big, as but it's a dishwasher. like a super efficient, right? right that's the like, problem with I the dishwasher. I put my dirty dishes there, wash them, and then I take them out. And it's like, and I'm sure not, it's faster, right? It's not a two step process of put them there, then put them there, then put them there. It's eliminating the dishwasher step and. Just washing things where you put dirty things at, which I think is brilliant. Like, oh, yeah, why would you not turn that into a dishwasher? Um, so I thought it was a phenomenal demonstration. Um, obviously, it's not real yet. They're still, you know, working on prototypes. And Do they need help with software? <laughs> Did maybe, you tell them? Maybe, I hey, mean, I talked can, to them for a while. We can make things. Yeah, maybe we can call them. Um, but I uh, was really impressed with that demo. I, I really got my wheels turning and was something that I was really excited about. Who is this, Whirlpool? Whirlpool. All right, kudos. Kudos so, to Whirlpool. Uh, add that to them. Um, and then they also had a couple of connected products for their dishwasher, their uh, washer and dryer, and their refrigerator that were tied into amazon uh prime fulfillment or what i'm what's amazon prime now prime now whatever it is the little dash amazon dash, dash. sorry dash the button. dash button yeah automatic dash button built into the hardware and so when your dish detergent going low automatically requests from amazon just shows up at your house same for your water filter on your on your fridge and your um you know other stuff for your dishwasher so uh thought that was cool like the things i'm seeing there Go get some Whirlpool products. Yeah, they're cool impressive. stuff. Okay, what's next? What else is interesting? What else do you want to talk about? There's so much stuff. Um, what about any uh, cool virtual reality or augmented reality? I mean, I virtual saw I saw some stuff. Reality. Maybe you could say that was the theme of CES this year. There was VR everywhere. The VR that I wanted to try was Oculus. You know, sure. they made their announcement while we were out there in terms of what their first consumer product was going to be. 
and it was a three and a half hour line in order to actually line up at the at their booth and try just, the just hardware. to try it yeah. just to try the hardware have you tried oculus before ever i've tried the dev kit yeah i've um, tried the dev kit too i don't remember which version maybe dev I don't, two i don't recall either or three it was um, a while ago yeah and uh, i really wanted to try it i did not have three and a half hours to stand in the line and i didn't have a press pass to let me skip the line um so no oculus for, for me you know uh, you, you and i have there. you and i have not really talked about this do you do you want like are you an avid virtual reality connoisseur or you know do you want virtual reality to exist in your life Here's in a thing. meaningful way Here's right now thing. i use lots of other vr headsets out there i've used vr before my biggest problem so virtual far, boy nintendo virtual, <laughs> virtual boy the red wires back uh-huh. in 1994 uh-huh. oh yeah I, I, I had one of those um uh, just want to make sure you're committed to this. Yeah, VR for me right now, the the screen resolution isn't high enough, and I just see yep. pixels the whole time. I just see little black dots, and I see pixels, and it's 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 blurry to me. Um, it's you know it's and, and that's what I was really hoping to see in the Oculus was just a really improved visual headset that removed those distractions from me. Um, but you know, using some of the other ones out there, the Samsung Gear or whatever it was, was you know the pixels are even yeah, are even worse. Yeah. It's it's not great. Um, VR will be massive. It will be huge. Um, everyone will use VR within the next five to ten years and be blown away by some aspect of it, as long as they don't get motion sickness from it. There might be people who just literally can't do it. Um, uh, I think no. I think those people. Eventually, the technology will catch up hopefully. for those people too. Yeah, hopefully. It's if if you don't get sick from just walking around in the real world, right? We will simulate right. it sufficiently. And and maybe I could look at this year as maybe the the Kickstarter for VR. And, and next year may be the real big year for VR at CES where there's just a lot more players, um, you know, with some interesting things going on with it. Uh, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you're if you're super interested now, you need to get you an Oculus um, because I I have high expectations for that piece of hardware. I expect it to be really, really, really good, which is why I was disappointed that I, I couldn't actually use it. So um, going to be big, big presence out there. So what are the what, VR what are your sp- opinions? I mean, were you were you all in on VR? Oh, I- I'm I'm ready for it. I'm just not ready for six hundred dollars and yeah, and a twelve hundred dollar computer. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's just not um, there. I mean, it. I guess my MacBook Pro running Windows might be enough. I'm not sure. It's probably sufficient. Probably not perfect, but right. probably enough. I ran the dev kit off of a MacBook Air, and maybe that's also affected my experience. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> it wasn't great. Yeah, and I have a I have a real graphics graphics card in my MacBook, so maybe maybe it's acceptable. I don't. I'm not really into gaming, but. Yeah. Um, I think I'm more interested in non-game environments, you know, like, uh, you know, what is the, what is the co-working space of the future where everyone is at home, uh, but working together in a, in a virtual, you know, if, yep. if everybody works from home and we all just kind of plug in, yep. um, you know, there's a, are you familiar, familiar with the term jacking in? It's a, just the worst term. Is that, is that in the matrix? Is that a matrix term? That's what they're calling it for VR. Like you like you, you don't go online. I think online. that's the term in the Matrix when they have you like yeah. you jacked in with the plug in the back of that your must, head or whatever. That could be where they got it. Yeah. So yeah, when you're if you're in VR land, you're not online. You're you're jacked in. I'm jacked in. And I don't I don't like that. They could probably come up with a better term. I think we need that. Um, <laughs> maybe next episode we can brainstorm. Yeah. Let us know what your ideas are for ideas, what jacked yeah. in could be. Um, and you know maybe we could start a new uh, cultural phenomenon here. For we'll do what we can. because yeah. uh, that's a problem. But I'm interested in that or the the social stuff. The you know I want to be at a party. Uh, where all my friends are, you know, doing that as well. Right. You know, I want to be at three parties at the same time uh, with different sets of people, you know, yep. that, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, those kinds of cool, weird uh, social things that you that can be enabled um, through VR. Right. 
All right, next, let's talk drones. Drones, drones, drones. Oh, my goodness, there were so many drones at CES. I mean, everywhere you turned, it's almost like you saw some sort of drone. They are everywhere. Um, the technology that are in them is just incredible at this point. Uh, DJI, who makes the Phantom and the Inspire, two of the more well-known consumer and kind of early pro-level drones, they had a great booth. Um, you know, I was able to get in there, and actually they showed one of their drones. They had a big net where it was flying inside of it. They had this six-axis gimbal camera on the bottom where it, you know, stabilizes the camera. And they just get in there and start flying this just drone at crazy angles, you know, back, forth, back, forth, really rapidly. The lens doesn't that move at all. That camera is just rock solid steady. Yeah. I mean, it was really actually mind-blowing seeing how incredibly steady that camera was staying when that drone was just going crazy. That camera operator... Uh it's it's is going away. It's, yeah, it's literally unbelievable. Um, and uh, you know you can get that you know you can get that technology in your hand for like seven hundred bucks at this point, which yeah, it's uh, insanely affordable. Which is not insane given what that thing what what that thing actually is. Um, you know, obviously now we've got the FAA regulations where if you have and hey PSA for everyone out there listening, if you have a drone, you have until February fourteenth or six mid February ish to register your drone with the FAA. Or face ten to twenty-five thousand dollars fines. Uh, so uh, make sure you go out and uh, get that registered. It's good that we're figuring out those regulations, though. I mean, that was kind of a there right. was there was this looming battle uh, of what's going to happen and yep. the the kind of restricted geofenced airways and the fir- automatic firmware updates that prevent you from flying over the White House, etc. Right. Um, it's it's all kind of weird, um, but I'm glad to see that we're starting to solve that with some official regulation. And, right. Because there was a point where a friend of mine who's a photographer was like, well, I'm going to buy a drone. And then there was all these news reports. And he was like, maybe I'm not going to buy a drone. Like, <laughs> I would love to take photos of cool things, but I don't want to get sued because somebody, you know, I captured somebody's backyard in a landscape shot. And now they're suing me because right. that's their, you know, that kind of thing. Right. The other things I saw in this space, um, I, I, saw a, I saw a drone that was very large. Um, if you're familiar with a DJI Phantom, it's probably, you know, 12 or 14 inches in terms of like a, a square, 12 by... 12 by 12, 14 by 14 inches, roughly. Um, this drone was 10 times larger than that drone. Um, and it said police on the side okay. with a really big camera. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so they're they're selling like really, really big like police drones now, huh? Like, huh? huh. Our drones are bigger than your drones. <laughs> it's like, yeah. man, that could hold like a missile if you wanted to put one on the bottom of this thing. It was massive. Are there drones that will take out other drones, like a bounty hunter drone? So we had... An interesting conversation about this with some people at CES. Um, how do you defend against drones? Um, you know, this gets into more of the dark side of drones. It's and like who who has the better maneuverability software, well, right? And, like and, and whose algorithms this, prevent, right? Yeah, and this probably sounds very negative of me to say, but I firmly believe there will be some sort of incident somewhere in the world where a drone is a key component of some sort of terrorist attack. Or, sure. or I mean, it's... it's Bombs, there's guns, so missiles. much technology yeah. in them that it's very difficult for like some sort of bad actor to not get a hold of one and then you know not be able to, to you well, know, do what he wants to do with it. It's it's just too easy to, to fly a drone at this point. Um, so uh, uh, we were talking about how do you actually defend against that? I mean, you do things like you know you have like an EMP gun. Like I mean, are you are you, blow, are you just hitting an EMP button and just blowing everything out of the sky? I mean. You've got to think people like the Secret Service have an idea on how to defend against these things. I'm sure you know the Department of Defense has an idea on how to defend against these things. I don't. I don't know of a consumer grade way besides taking your shotgun and you know, sure. <laughs> shooting in that direction. That's how you would solve this problem, Mister Alabama. Right, and hope you take it down. 
Um, I think it is a real problem, and uh, I'm interested to see how it ever gets solved. Um, I'm hopeful that it gets solved before something bad happens. Yeah, um, I guess it it is kind of the first the first time when you could you know if you you think of like a suicide bomber kind of situation, right? It's the first it's no time suicide at that point. It's the first time you can remove the human from right. the the situation, right? right. So. Uh, yeah, that's pretty frightening. Right. Well, we when got, you think about it that way, we got really dark there. Um, yeah, but, let's bring uh, it back. Bring it back. What else is let's cool? Bring it back up. Um, uh, the other, the other interesting thing I saw from a drone perspective is Parrot, one of the well-known drone companies, actually released a fixed-wing drone. So most of the drones you see today are the little quadcopters that are essentially, you know, four uh, vertical propellers. This guy's a single wing, almost like a stealth bomber that has a single propeller on the backside of it. Um, and can fly for like 50 minutes and you know upwards of 50 miles an hour. It's more efficient. It yeah. was a it was a pretty impressive product. Um, you know probably you know 30 36 inch wingspan. Um, you know made of really light styrofoam. Um, uh, with some really you know smart avionics in it. So pretty. They didn't announce a price or anything about it, but uh, certainly a very interesting you know uh, item if you're into that space. Definitely worth uh, watching, keeping an eye on. That's pretty cool. Is the is it safe to say that the the drone kind of phenomenon was enabled by like smartphone processor uh, tool sets and the you know, the, the, the miniaturization and uh, commoditization it, of uh, commoditization is key because like right. you couldn't like you couldn't afford and those processors at that size without a doubt a big impact on that you definitely. couldn't afford to squeeze that in there unless like Tim Cook figured out how to make it right and, right. and sell a billion of them right. right? Uh, you know, at such scale that now, oh, now we have to figure out how to make so many and it's so cheap because everyone is effectively like crowd crowdfunding the research of yep. these sensors by buying phones. That's exactly right. Okay. Yep. That's, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. kind of, that's weird. It that is, is a strange thing because like, okay. like the technology kind of like could have been there many years ago, right? It's like propellers and processors, like it's all fine. It's just the fact that it had to be so small. Yeah. So weird. Yep. So weird. Uh, Briefly touch on 3D printing. Uh, people who listen to the show know that I'm a huge fan of 3D printing. Uh, I didn't see anything like crazy new on, in the 3D printing world um, uh, this year. More printers, better printers, faster printers, better scanners, more scanners, you know, the, the, the obvious things. I did see one cool thing, and for you Star Wars nerds out there, um, there was a company who's got some really high-level 3D printing capabilities, and they were commissioned to 3D print a Stormtrooper with the new um, gear, uh, the way a Stormtrooper looks in the newest uh, Star Wars movie, they were commissioned to, pr to produce a life-size 3D printed Stormtrooper uh, mock so that J.J. Abrams and the team could actually like see one, feel one, look at one, look at all the details of how the pieces fit together, and they had that Stormtrooper on display at CES. And it was, it was an amazing thing to look at. Just, oh, they just printed this with, with plastic, with a 3D printer. This is really remarkable are um, are uh car companies like 3d printing models of their next cars like is that i know like they used to do all like clay models like giant you know full-size clay and all this stuff what is, I that, only, is that going into that i can only assume that they are investing in very expensive 3d printers to increase their prototyping uh speeds that would make yeah. perfect sense um i, See, I wonder what it but. like i'm st i'm starting to think like what is the what is the uh largest you know what's the what's yeah. the top end right? right what is the biggest thing you can 3d print right. The other cool thing they had there that I didn't do, I'm kind of regretting. I, I, I'm kind of regretting it at this point. You have a lot of regrets coming out of here. There was a company who had a human-sized uh, 3D scanner there, where you could get in the middle, 
and stand there for 30 seconds and it would scan your entire body and then you could buy it from them for like $20 so you could print yourself that's cool. Uh, like act, you could print an action figure of yourself. I like it. Um, and uh, I should have done it. I didn't do it. I'm regretting. But can they it. make you like uh, really like really uh, large muscles like to look like a superhero? No, no, no. It's you. <laughs> no, they can't. Like you can't just turn up a muscle <laughs> no, slider no, I mean, or uh, I want to be a little taller. They would give you thinner. The, they Let's would, <laughs> bring it down in the belly area. They give you the 3D mesh. So if you're capable okay. inside of a 3D modeling tool, you could go in and, and just enhance, mesh it up a right, little bit. Yeah. You, you do whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, no, they're simply just providing a copy of yourself and then the rest is on to you. But I thought that was really cool. And, uh, uh, you know, could, down the road i would love to do that for like my son or something once he's a little older and like make an action figure of himself or even a, like a lego figure of himself make or... him an action figure of you like super dad you know <laughs> that might be a little pretentious. daddy, daddy comes to save the day <laughs> i don't know uh, that's not a terrible idea um so that was, teach him some real yeah, lessons like right. that yeah really moving here on the uh automotive front almost every automotive company is out at ces now which is more of a you know trend that's just kind of picked up in the last few years Makes sense as we see more and more computers uh, making their cars, way into man. cars. Everybody's out there talking about their, their play in autonomous cars. Um, this technology is real. Uh, it will be here before most people know it. Um, and it's actually possible to do it, you know, right now today, even with some of the updates Tesla released, you know, last week. Um, I'm super excited about it. Toyota had a prototype there that I want to go buy right now. Um, like, I just... Tell me how much it costs. Let me go get a bank loan. I'm getting that car. Like, I want it that bad. It was a hydrogen fuel cell autonomous car. And you look on the inside, and it's just space because there's no steering wheel. There's no drivetrain. I mean, you can literally lay down flat across the bottom of the car. I mean, it's just... You could sell your house and just sleep in the car. Sleep in the car. Um, it's really exciting to see what those companies are doing. Please, if, if there's anyone out there that can impact getting this to market sooner rather than later, do what you've got to do to do that. We as a if you need help on software, yeah. we're there for you. The world really needs to push this forward and embrace it, and uh, you know find a way to get the stuff out into the market and actually have people using it. Um, as a as a software developer, Kevin, do you uh, would you feel nervous uh, creating software for autonomous cars and knowing you know people's lives are directly in state? I mean, but know? but I also people say that I flew on an airplane to Las Vegas that was autopiloted, you know, the whole way. Like, yeah, but you didn't build the software. I'm just asking you did. personally, <laughs> how do you feel? I mean, that's not my area of expertise. Uh, sure, but, but it could be in the next five years. Right. I've already put my life in the hands of software whenever I get on an airplane. Um, uh, I know you trust train, other people. Monorail. I'm just curious if you trust your, your own bug-free code to drive you from point A to point B. If I was commissioned to do that, I would trust myself to do it. Okay. Um, you got to have the mindset to do it, though. Okay. Um, so, uh, it's really exciting to see all that stuff. Super, super pumped. Um, uh, I want, I want to own an autonomous car within the next five years. Cause I, I really trust, would like that. I trust that I could design an interface I better than too. the, than the Tesla, uh, you know, touch panel. I believe that you could. I think I could do a better job. Yeah. Elon, if you're listening, uh, we'll, we'll we send, can help you out. We'll we, send you Ryan's contact information well, after, just, after, just, the, yeah. after the show. Um, and then, uh, I had one other thing. Oh yeah. All the other big electronic companies are out there. Your Samsungs, your LGs, your Sonys, you know, the traditional CES tentpole um, uh, people who are out there with these massive multi-million dollar booths that are bigger than anything you've ever imagined. Uh, this year, they showed us 8K. I saw there was a Canon, a Canon 8K. 8K TVs, 8K well, cameras. It's, you know, so okay, so I looked at all of them, right? And I'm like, huh, man. That's clear. Those pixels are small. Look at those. Yeah, wow. Those are some small pixels. What a great looking picture. Um, it's just that technology that is 
that's exciting or easy to rally behind or I, you can't it's go not, you can't go be an evangelist for it you know back it's and, not supposed to be it. it's supposed to be uh holy shit this is the best tv i've ever seen um and it costs as much as the the tvs we were buying you know five years ago right, right. like it's like and i'm thinking five years in the future right it's like you might as well have that you know like you might as well have 16k it's gonna it's to the point where you don't care you don't care how many k's you have well and because it, tvs just are as good as they are well, right? it's not it's not even that it's like i don't care about 8k because i've seen how slow 4k content came around and so knowing that if i had a 4k tv i could watch like two things in 2016 that are in 4k like that completely removes all optimism and excitement about what 8k could be because it's just like okay if no one's filming anything in 4k and delivering it nobody's sure. going to deliver you're going to film anything in 8k and deliver it and so it's just like a waste of space and time for me to think about things is this and, just a like a bandwidth problem in the end is that the is that the big maybe i don't know i mean it's you know because i mean making 8k isn't solving it you know like making 16k isn't going to solve it no. you know like it's not oh great 32k now you know like we still don't have 4k and content it's right? like you know all these companies are like flexing their muscles like look how many pixels we can do and it's like well, great, because they but can it's not practical yeah can you make your current you know 4k tv your 1080p the best smartest television i've ever seen in my life like let's focus on that Instead of, you know, bragging about all this 8K capability because the 8K capability means nothing to, means literally nothing to the, to a regular consumer. Yeah. And so, you know, how can we put the engineering and time behind that to solve problems that actually matter to consumers today? Because televisions are kind of dumb right now, right? Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, you know, I feel like Apple could single-handedly solve this problem. Yes. Right? Like, they have the Apple TV that they could have made 4K. They have iTunes, which has every movie and TV show. Um, I mean, it doesn't maybe have the streaming service that you want, but they they have all the content, right? And all those all those movies are filmed at a higher resolution than the 1080p. That you know they're you know they're usually filmed on 4K, and they're a lot of times on film, and you can scan that film at a higher resolution. You know, right? Uh, so I would like to see uh, in the next year maybe Apple can could give that a shot and try to try to solve your 4K problem. All right, so I'm going to rapid fire real quick. Just a couple of product, other products that I saw because um, I think I'm out of categories, but I just want to bang, hit bang, it. bang, hit a few more. Hit it. I saw USB rechargeable 9-volt batteries. I saw these too. Are they the ones that go in your smoke alarm? Uh, yes, these are. These can go in your – well, so they're USB rechargeable and they're smart and connected to Wi-Fi. And yeah, so, so they, they know when they're running out, which I was like, huh, that's interesting. Did you see the – There's uh, also USB AAA batteries that you could – you take the cap off, recharge it, put the cap back on, and then you could actually use them. I like it. Did you, hold on. Did you see the, uh, the Wi-Fi resetter? No. So this is a fantastic product that uh, is just a plug, like a connected plug like you've uh-huh. talked about earlier, uh, that you plug your router into, right? And when the plug notices that it doesn't have a Wi-Fi connection to your house, <laughs> it resets your router by unplugging it and replugging it. Brilliant. It's genius. It's <laughs> genius. I think it's my favorite product I saw. It's out That's, of CES. That is an absolutely brilliant idea. I mean, um, it's a testament to how terrible uh, routers and Wi-Fi is, but... That's, that's amazing. It's a smart solution. Did you get the name of that product? Uh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. I saw BB-8. I got a picture I'm showing you from across the room here. BB-8 from Star Wars. I love BB-8. That I saw cool. I saw a whole movie about him. Yeah. I saw the uh-huh. actual BB-8, which was uh-huh. which was fun. Cool. There, there's your uh, your flying, uh, flying drone that a human can fit into. Just I, w- I told you I want to touch on that. You don't actually fly it. Uh, you don't have like pilot control. It's not a helicopter. You you specify I want to go here, and then you get in, and it goes there. Uh, it is absolutely terrifying right <laughs> so, now. Um, like, yeah, you're just along for the ride. You know, you're uh, to be flying. 
which is pretty cool. That book, uh, A Brave New World, everybody flies around in stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a picture of that Toyota car. I'll show you after the after the show here. It's just it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what are the other items? I'm sure the listeners really enjoyed hearing this about is that. Great. Yeah. Uh, I that Netamo Netamo Netatmo Netamo uh, N E T A T M O. They had some interesting connected uh, weather stations that you could like put at your home and in, inside your home and outside your home and collect things like rain and humidity and temperature and wind and a few Does HomeKit support that stuff? Uh, you can totally do it with custom HomeKit protocols. Um, so they don't have a native support, but you could certainly extend it. It's the first connected weather station that I've seen that I was really interested in, um, which was pretty cool. Um, I think that's all I got right now. I got all, I got literally 2000 pictures here. Um, so to summarize from me, from my perspective, this year's CES was not to be negative. Nancy, I hate being negative, Ryan, negative Kevin. You could try negative Kevin. It was the worst CES that I've been to in terms of like excitement around innovative products. I mean, you talked about a lot of cool things for, I did. 40 minutes. Normally, I'm more excited, more energized, more like passionate about some brand new technology when I leave CES. And I didn't I didn't have that same kind of level of passion and really inspiration from some of the things I saw this year, which is where my ranking is coming from. Um, so, uh, like I said, more of an iterative year than an innovative year. It's and, just uh, I think it's just because uh, VR is the end game, right? Once we're all just at home in our beds <laughs> plugged into VR. There's and no, we all go to CES together. We don't. Yeah, we don't need <laughs> Uh, connected home devices anymore because you're not going to really live in your home. Right. You're just going to have a well, feeding then you, tube. Then and you've got like a meta product of a connected home product inside your virtual reality. Yeah, but then it's product. all software and it's, you know, we <laughs> can like, handle that. Yeah. It's like super meta. It's just there's bugs everywhere. Yeah. Like when you try to open your, your front door and the door right. disappears. Do, do you have any questions or thoughts? I mean, I feel like I've been talking a lot. What's been. Well, you were there and I wasn't. I was so there, it's probably makes sense that you were talking more. Yeah. Um, was there any, okay, was there any, what was the worst thing you saw? Did you see anything terrible? Oh my what's gosh. What's the dumbest, what's it's, the dumbest thing? Honestly, like, it's really hard to store those in memory because of all the dumb things you see. Like, there's pick, so pick much. Pick one. <laughs> I, on, I, I honestly followed, I, I don't even put it in the permanent memory. Um, I'm not prepared to answer this question. Maybe I'll think about it. Follow up, Come follow back up. next week for worst product at CES. Um, there's lots of, lots and lots and lots of bad ones, so. It happens. What do you you did you make a prediction for next year? You said maybe more, way more VR. Like, so where are we going here? What's well, next? So like you know, the last few years, you know, drones was a big year. There was an IoT big year, connected home big year. Like you know, all of those things really broke out in the last five years, um, and all those things had a big presence this year. Um, I think we're going to have a breakout VR year, and I think there's going to be a breakout autonomous connected car year. Um, Sometime in the next, you know, two to four years, th those things are really going to break out and, and go mainstream everywhere. Um, eh, mainstream maybe is a maybe not for connected car, but I still expect a really Ex big, expensive but available. Big, yeah, big year where people actually have access to it. Um, and uh, I would that'd be my prediction of of where we're our focus is in the next few years on that front. Sounds good. I got nothing else, man. Sounds great. I'm really glad you went, and I'm really glad you. Uh, I missed you there. We should brought next, all this next valuable. Year, next year, let's find a way to get you to go out there with us. 
Yeah, I mean, um, you told me you told me it was uh, really fortunate that I had never been. So I'm not sure. Now you're trying to well, sell me on this going. Is, this is the first year that I'm not sick uh, coming back from it. So I somehow managed to to avoid the global plague um, that normally falls on Las Vegas. The Congratulations! January, so. You know why that is? Because you have those kids around you. You're getting I'm immunity immune. Yeah, to immune. everything from your children. Maybe that's it. Um, been, so we're good. Yeah. I'm 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 feeling good. I'm excited. Uh, uh, pretty excited anyway <laughs> we've got lots of other things to talk about going forward apple had a lot of announcements that we'll have to save for another time uh, maybe the biggest point release they've ever released besides 3.2 a long time ago some good stuff uh, maybe we'll hit that next week what, what was in 3.2 that was when the ipad uh ah. was oh, yeah. uh first released um which was a long long i time guess that's ago a big deal point. yeah um so uh yeah i've had fun ryan uh we'll talk to you next time see you next week